today on Laura Lynn and Friends. We want to reduce us to robots. That's what transhumanism is, part robot, part human animal. Hackable animals is what we're called. Well, hello everyone and welcome to The Last Days. My name is Laura Lynn Tyler-Thompson and uh, I'm recovering from the tour that we did through Alberta and British Columbia. But nonetheless, uh, Toby Carson has me booked solid and uh, we've got lots of guests coming and I've got this... Um, how, how's my how's my earpiece? I feel like it, oh, am I on now? Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. I should have fixed it before we started. Okay, whatever. Do you know what I'm excited to be back here for? Is because I get to read from my dad's Bible again before we get into the show. What um, great guests we have today! Uh, off the top, we're going to be talking about the epic time that we're in and the similarities that we can see to the Holocaust. And we need to take notice. This is very serious. Something very evil and insidious is absolutely going on. But then we will have Clay Clark on, which will be super fun. But how do my glasses look? Do I look smart? Super smart? I miss my dad so much. So he passed away last year. And I opened his, his Bible and he has got like every page marked up. So today I open it up and it says, Now know I that the Lord saves his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Amen. Amen. So what does that mean? Some trust in chariots and horses as well. Sometimes you think you got to depend on the government, a chariot. Uh, you, you've got to depend on the, the money that you have. You've got to depend on your position, the power you hold. But really, God is going to have to help us and get us through. If, if there's anything I'm realizing, that is absolutely it. So I miss you, Dad. And it's great to see the, his Bible and read from it again. I want to go straight into, should, should we play anything first, uh, JT? You've got a few really good clips. Um, I don't know if we should start with the little video clip that you have. Yeah, let's do that. That Yeah. Well, the one that we were going to play with uh, Scott and Vera, and then I'll introduce them. Yeah. We're moving on the fly today. Stay right where you are. Take a look. Or take your time. I can talk. Social distance and get an experimental rushed COVID vaccine with never before used mRNA technology and liberty would be attained. They told you that it was a pandemic of the unvaccinated, but who is really dying and why? While the messages of social isolation, inhibiting your own breathing by masks and injecting unknown substances into your body was for the greater good. Why is it that those who complied are the ones dying? The freedom you're desperately seeking by complying with government edicts will lead to the ultimate control over every facet of your life. 
Just as in Nazi Germany in the 1930s, prior to the Holocaust, when Jewish leaders encouraged the Jewish population to obey Nazi orders for their own safety, your compliance will lead to your demise. The first victims under the Nazi regime were disabled children under three years old who were rounded up by nurses professing better care in hospitals who then murdered them. Eugenics was implemented under the T4 program which systematically killed the useless eaters through the hands of medical personnel. Currently, the disabled are dying in hospitals at an 11 times greater rate than able-bodied people since COVID began. Grace Shara, who was a 19-year-old with Down syndrome, was killed in 2021 by medical professionals who viewed her life as useless. We are witnessing genocide. Since the jabs were released, deaths have risen above normal levels by as much as 45%. Death benefits were up to $1 billion more in 2021 after the jabs than they were in 2020 when they told us COVID was to blame for all the deaths. You must stop complying. One Holocaust was enough. Wow. Okay, well, these are my guests today. I'll start with Vera, uh, Vera Sharav, um, a public advocate for human rights. She is the founder and president of the Alliance for Human Research Protection, which serves as an information resource and public interest watchdog organization whose goal is to unlock the walls of secrecy in biomedical research and bring accountability to that endeavor. Uh, AHRP InfoMails, have a wide following and they are read by physicians, scientists, public health officials, journalists, lawyers, and patient advocacy organizations. Thank you, Vera. Welcome here. I'd also like to um, welcome as well uh, the subject of that last video, um, Scott. Well, it's his daughter actually. Grace's, uh, Grace's story was told on that last video of the young girl. Uh, Grace's dad, Scott Shara is working tirelessly to bring his daughter's story to all corners of this country and even across the world to Australia to help prevent anyone else from going through the pain of losing a loved one at the hands of medical personnel. More importantly, he hopes that Grace's story will stir people's hearts to turn to the Lord, the only one who will protect them from and into eternity, to protect them into eternity. Gracie, uh, Grace was a 19-year-old girl with Down syndrome was killed by the actions of unethical medical personnel. Scott had to watch Grace die on FaceTime because he was prevented from being with her in the hospital and no doctor or nurse would help save her life because of an illegal do not resuscitate order placed on Grace without family consent. Absolutely horrifying, uh, very hard to believe what has gone on in our country. And so, Scott, thank you very much for being willing to advocate so loudly um, on the story, the very painful story that happened with you. Well, you're welcome. I'm glad to do it. I mean, it's the least I can do for for Grace, and you know, her story is way bigger than than her death at this point. So, I mean, I'm I'm doing this to help save other people. Very wonderful, and I understand it. It uh, it would be her twentieth birthday today. Uh, yes, 
and uh, so I just, you know, a lot of people wonder what it's like to have a Down syndrome person in their life. And I'll just share how Grace viewed birthdays and it'll, it'll, it's just a wonderful story. So when the calendar turned over to September every year, she would tell my wife, Cindy, and I every day, I'm going to, you know, she, it's my birthday this month. It's my birthday this month. And then, you know, it would be my birthday's in a couple of days. Well, then the day before, so like last year when she turned 19, the night before she said, Dad. I'm 18 and tomorrow I'm going to be 19. And it was always like this mystery that she couldn't, she, she would wonder how could it be that she turned a whole year older overnight? And it was just wonderful. We received a card in the mail yesterday. And I just want to read what the lady wrote. She knew Grace very well. And she wrote, when you spent time with Grace, the worries of the world felt lighter and less important. And boy, I, you know, I really miss that. She, she was a great kid. Wow. I can't imagine what you've been through. Um, Vera, welcome to the show. You have been a very outspoken advocate, uh, wanting people to wake up about what you see going on. Would you just share with us some of your heartfelt concerns about what Canada is experiencing right now? Well, the Holocaust, you know, didn't begin in the gas chambers. It, it developed in phases, nine years of incremental phases during which people lost their rights, their legal rights, their civil rights, and human rights. It happened in stages because Hitler wanted to see if anyone would object. So the problem really of a Holocaust uh, is with the onlookers who obey orders blindly and they keep escalating. The human rights violations keep escalating until you've got genocide on your hands. And with COVID, what happened right early on in March and April of 2020 was that governments across Western Europe United States, Canada, Australia issued orders to hospitals not to treat the elderly. As a result, the elderly were medically murdered. This is so close to that T4 program under the Nazis, which targeted Germans. This was not part of the Jewish question which of course the Nazis, you know, the Jews were the primary victims, but others were as well. And T4 was such a program, they simply decided to be rid of all disabled. It began with the infants under age three, and then it went on to older disabled children, to the mentally ill entirely, and then to the nursing homes. The Nazis called them worthless eaters, Today, some are calling them worthless people. This is, this is crept in to the public health arena in particular. It never left. In other words, it really came over to the United States with the, the same mindset. What it's about is eugenics, where people are categorized according to their value to society, so-called. Who decides who's valuable? 
and who's not valuable. Once you do that, you open the gates of hell. I think it's interesting that you uh, started off by saying it took several years. We've literally just had, we're just in this two years. And, uh, you know, uh, Scott, I know that you're down there in the United States of America, but in Canada, our prime minister has literally asked the question out loud how long the unvaccinated should be tolerated. He has bullied us and said that we're not at certain times, well, eight months, we weren't allowed into restaurants or theaters. Uh, and I made a lot of jokes about all of that. But in truth, it wasn't funny at all. We were demonized, dehumanized. And it does appear that the same exact things that might have brought about the horrible uh, issues with the Holocaust is indeed what we're facing now as well. Well, that's that's spot on. I mean, we're the next group to go. I mean, the as Vera has wisely said, we're the control group. And so, of course, we're the next group to go. This is, is such a parallel. So Grace was in the first group to be taken out along with the elderly. But what's different this time, as I see it, when I look at it, is is they've been setting this up for a lot longer. So if you look at the, the disabled in the United States, and I'll just take Grace's disability specifically, Grace had Down syndrome, 67% of children with Down syndrome in the United States are already murdered before they're born. And so that's called the banality of evil, which means evil is so common, you don't recognize it. So aborting Down syndrome children is the standard of care. So that's that's completely evil. So think about these young people who get in a hospital setting and they're taking care of my daughter, Grace, and they would have never even had her. So of course they view her as a worthless eater. Yeah, absolutely devastating. And uh, what Vera, what you talked about was the elderly. When you say they gave orders not to treat the elderly, are you talking about how, like here in Canada, they basically said, um, go home, get better or, or, you know, or get worse and let us know when you're even, you know, worse and we'll see what we can do for you. And then sometimes it was ventilators. I know for a fact that all doctors in Canada received a letter which basically stated that uh, they are not to prescribe hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, which led to thousands of deaths. Instead, they're prescribing remdesivir, which we know has taken about 40% of everyone that goes on it. Exactly. They, in some cases, they used midazolam to actually kill. Uh, in other cases, as you described, it was the wrong medication, which they knew was dangerous. Uh, this was premeditated murder. Let's really call it what it was. Now, in New York State, the governor, then Andrew Cuomo, issued the order, but before he issued the order to hospitals to send the elderly to nursing homes, he predicted, he knew exactly what he was doing. He predicted that this virus in nursing homes will be like fire through dry grass. And then he issued the order. Now he gave total immunity to hospitals and nursing homes before he issued the order. The, more than 15,000 New Yorkers were murdered in this way. I do want to 
remind you, in case you don't know, Canada has the dubious distinction of having murdered the most elderly during that time. Is that of right? Anywhere in the world, yeah. Something like 65% of those who died were elderly in Canada. Oh, no, I do this was that. This was a planned takeout of an economic burden. Okay. That's what you know, it I can I can speak to the economic burden and you know it, people don't realize that in the United States that our annual federal budget is 5.6 trillion 2.2 trillion goes supposedly to the elderly and disabled of course Vera rec has pointed out to me that it's really to the bureaucracy but you know that's 39% of the the federal budget well, in the first 22 months of COVID, the United States hospitals were paid $4 trillion in COVID bonus money to follow protocols that killed the elderly and disabled. The elderly and disabled were the number one and number two causes of death for going into COVID, going into a hospital with COVID. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Those are not comorbidities. Those are simply facts. Grace was no more uh, likely to die of COVID than I was or my wife or any of us. It's, it's truly unbelievable. And, um, you know, Scott, if, if it took nine years, okay, and in different genocides that we've seen in history, there, there's a series of things that lead up. Um, there, our Prime Minister, it's trending on Twitter, Trudeau must go. And it was trending so incredibly that Twitter took it down. But now, because there was such an outcry, they've actually reinstated it. The, the people, even the people that actually liked him, no want no longer want him ruling the country because he's made such a mess of things. Um, the concern is that you remove Trudeau, you've got many more to follow, and they are all about this same agenda. Do you believe this goes back to the World Economic Forum, to people from like the Club of Rome, openly talking about depopulation? I absolutely do. What's, what's strange is I'd learned this all in real time since Grace died. I mean, I had no idea what the World Economic Forum was. I had no idea what Agenda 2030 was. So people like you and Vera have known this for a long time. And I was a, I, Grace's death woke me up. And so now I have close to a thousand hours of research into this whole thing. And you know, it is a hundred percent true. The World Economic Forum is implementing an agenda worldwide to depopulate the, the planet. And if you think about why, if you don't believe in God, this is exactly what you've got to do because uh, of course God can't take care of things. We've got to do it on our, on our own. So it's, it's a logical extension of those who don't believe in God. What do you think Vera about this agenda that seems to have swept the United States of America, Canada, um, Australia, New Zealand, the UK, it seems to have been the same thing. The killing fields of the elderly, of the disabled, using COVID to basically bring in a massive uh, amount of death, then followed up by this vaccine. Well, they're calling it the New World Order or the Great Reset. This is a diabolical agenda and it's all open for people to read. It's on the World Economic Forum, uh, but people, for 
whatever reason, are not going and educating themselves, hearing it from the horse's mouth. Now, the World Economic Forum has a leadership program of which Trudeau is a graduate, as are many leaders in Western Europe. This is a training ground for leaders who become <laughs> part of the ones who are pushing for this Great Reset. The Great Reset, essentially, is a planned technological caste system. Most people, they want to really get rid of. And, and they say so. They want, an, the, according to them, an ideal population is something like 500 million. We are now at 7.8 billion. So that's a lot of people that they want to simply eliminate. And the others, they want to enslave. This is what the plan is. I mean, uh, the head of the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, he has stated publicly, you will own nothing, but you'll be happy. Notice he didn't say, we will own nothing. Oh, no. We will own everything is what the implication is. You will own nothing. They want to strip people of all their assets, as the Nazis did with the Jews, and they want to inject us with essentially tattoo chips, which will enable them to survey us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. This is much more powerful than the IBM punch card system that the Nazis had. Now it's really going into our bodies is what they plan. Yes. And they say, they say so. They say it out loud, uh, Yuval Noah Harari. What do you think of him? Isn't he Jewish? Yes, he is. But I have to say, everyone always asks me about, you know, Israel and Jews. Well, what we need to understand is that all human beings are, have choices. That's God-given. We have a choice to do evil or to do good, to be saints or devils. And every single group on the planet, whether it's a national or religious or it doesn't matter. It really, really doesn't matter. Every group has both. They've got a group of devils and they've got the good people. The trouble is that the devils really do need to be put out because society can't deal with them. It was the Nazis were the devils. Well, the Nazis never really went away. Germany lost the war, but the Nazis continued. There were very few who were prosecuted at Nuremberg, very a minuscule number. Most went on to continue their work and many 1600 scientists, engineers, doctors were brought to the United States. These were Hitler's partners. These were very high ranking Nazis. And they were brought here, they continued their work, and worst of all, they trained a generation of American doctors and scientists in the ways of Nazi methodology. In other words, no moral standards, none. Yeah. This is what happened. Yes. Uh, so, Scott, if do you really believe that that we're looking at a similar buildup by world evil 
not a certain, um, you know, group of people. We're not going to blame Islam or the Jews or some, you know, culture, but rather a group of people comprised of many different persuasions have really colluded and are bringing about, uh, I know Yuval Noah Harari, he says COVID is critical. And then the WEF, Klaus Schwab himself says, people are going to begin to get very angry because they're beginning to affect this the food supply chain. They're beginning to do things, impose on our rights, our freedoms. Yes, we are feeling angry. And how many years do we have before we've got a full-blown, you know, Holocaust on our hands? I can't answer how many years, but you asked first, do I believe that? And I would say, not only do I believe it, I would stake my life on it. That's how much I believe it. Um, and I would tell you, if you start processing things from a different set of glasses, you can see this and you won't be blind anymore. And so I went to kindergarten in 1968. In when the weekly readers came out, they, they were telling five-year-olds, me included, that it's irresponsible to have more than two children. So just process that indoctrination. Well, now, when I graduated from school, there was real consequences. If you didn't hand in an assignment, you got an F. When the teacher wrote the assignment on the chalkboard with chalk, you had to copy that into your notebook and then get the assignment done. Now, kids are constantly reminded. Uh, there's no accountability. There's, you know, so these kids have no idea what responsibility is the the idea of critical thinking has been trained out so they have been setting up this plan for decades and that's what people don't realize covid was just the excuse to unleash it and you know it's not just a group of people that are involved i see this as satanic and the reason i see that is it's too orchestrated for men to be able to do it at this level vera i have to ask you um being someone who really understands what took place during the Holocaust, what should Jews have done differently? Not obey. <laughs> really, I, there were uprisings like in the Warsaw Ghetto and it made a difference. They took down uh, some Nazis as well. And that that's the, that's the thing, obviously, Risking one's life is is not an easy decision, but the question that we can put to ourselves is what kind of life is actually worth living? I mean, if you're going to be enslaved and, and put into concentration camps where you're under constant fear of being sent to death, uh, what kind of a life is that? That's right. If, if more uprisings would have happened. And there were places where really it would have been a few soldiers and dogs. And they were getting thousands of people into trenches, into essentially trenches that they dug themselves and then shot them. I, the horror of all of that is just, it is very difficult to really imagine. But you know something, now, for example, the trains that led to 
Auschwitz and other camps. There were always some individuals who jumped while they were moving, and most of them wound up actually surviving. Wow. It was extremely dangerous, obviously, but they took that chance. In some cases, parents actually threw their children out. I mean, it's very hard for people to imagine that this kind of depravity could happen, but it does, particularly if people obey. If they obey nonsensical edicts by government, it, it really empowers the evil ones because they realize they can do anything and people obey. Well, that's pretty terrifying then, isn't it, Vera, when we've seen everyone's obeyed. They've not only obeyed, they've they've taken bribes. We've watched our churches en masse take huge bribes, hold vaccine clinics in their basements, brag about their children getting the COVID vax. We've seen uh, Christian universities and schools, and I mention only them because the secular ones, of course, we expect them to be you know, not have discernment, but it's actually been the Christians that have truly failed our nations at this time. You know, we've got large um, pastors uh, of large uh, churches in the United States, as well as large uh, churches in Canada, basically saying that if you haven't taken the jab, then you're not doing your part as a Christian. So we've complied. We have failed this test in a way, Vera. Well, you know what? The same thing is true of Jewish institutions. And do you know something? That during Holocaust memorials, the unvaccinated were barred from participating. Unvaccinated Holocaust survivors. It's that bad. The the poison has really penetrated the depths of our institutions, and that includes the religious institutions, the cultural institutions. You know, people don't talk about the fact that performing artists, their lives have been totally, you know, put on hold. How long does a performing artist, you know, can they perform? Think of ballerinas, for example. You know, you've destroyed a whole generation, really. They couldn't practice and they couldn't perform. And the institutions, all the cultural institutions, you're right, they all took bribes. They were paid to conform and to keep those who wouldn't vaccinate out. They made a, an apartheid decision and they went along. And I blame them thoroughly because certainly these institutions should have been on the side of people and democracy and not taken orders and bribes, right? The two together. Scott, um, I know that you particularly understand the betrayal and uh, the bowing of the medical system to the tyranny that we've been under. I had an appalling discussion with a doctor today uh, asking me if I would, you know, if I'm up to date on my boosters, he's taken five. He bragged about it openly. And I said, no, I will not be taking that. I will not be taking uh, a vaccine that has caused thousands and thousands of deaths. It's not even a vaccine in its truest sense. And I told him 150 people have died. This last week, we had a woman die in Saskatchewan 
at the pharmacy. She literally died getting the shot. And none of that meant anything to him. He said, this is a conspiracy theory. I said, there's sudden adult death syndrome being talked about everywhere now. We have excess deaths, you know, unknown cause. And this guy basically said, I'm a conspiracy theorist. And I said, well, the numbers don't lie. Um, I'm, I'm not trying to be. And then, and then he had the audacity, very interesting question. He says, so what do you think? Are we stupid or evil? Why are doctors still prescribing this? Are we stupid or evil? And I said, that would be for you to answer, sir. I would like to believe that you're not evil, but I'm not certain why you're asking me as a patient whether I've taken my booster when you should know that thousands and thousands and thousands of people have died from these shots. Well, well, obviously I'm not going to be able to convince you. Uh, you've, you know, you've embraced conspiracy theorists. You know, it, it's just unbelievable. Well, like, it's you not know, a conspiracy I... when it's true. And, you know, these these death st statistics that you're quoting are underreported by multiple fold. Right. You know, what you can look at that is is uh, easily to um, provable is what is what are the life insurance statistics? You know, and so the life insurance statistics are off the charts where you have you have a 45% increase in all morbidity from one year to the next. I mean, that's impossible. That's the equivalent of an asteroid hitting the earth and destroying all of mankind. That's the odds of that happening. So it didn't happen by any other reason other than the jabs. I mean, people are blind. This doctor is, is completely blind. Right, Vera, you were gonna say something. Yeah, I was going to say that really until COVID, when I talked about the Holocaust, I explained that the Holocaust was unique among genocides because the, uh, the Holocaust was facilitated by the medical establishment. Everything was done through the medical establishment. They actually wrote up the protocols. They, doctors in white coats, made the selection everywhere, which child would be killed, which when they came to the uh, concentration camps during the um, selection process, it was doctors who selected those who would be immediately murdered, those who would become slaves, and those who would be sent for experiments, medical experiments. Everything had the seal of the medical profession. And this is not just a few, uh, Joseph Mengele, no. It was the entire medical establishment that was a party to this. COVID has been a parallel in that the medical profession is a party to this master plan. I think when the doctor asked you whether they're stupid or evil, I guess it's a combination. It's willful ignorance, doctors not doing their due diligence, which is to read, at least at the very least, to read the scientific literature. They're not. They're relying on CDC to tell them what's what. And CDC keeps flipping at this point because they're caught. The same thing happened in Israel. A, a video was, you know, leaked 
in which it shows that they knew that people were dying and they were trying to figure out how to cover it up. I'd sure like to have that video, Vera, if you could uh, forward that to me. I'd love to be able to expose that. Um, I'm hearing that in, in Israel, uh, I have one fellow who calls me from there and he says everyone knows someone who's died. It's, it's mm. not a secret and that they're not wanting to take these vaccines anymore. What do you hear? Well, what I, I think there has been a change. And that is when the FDA gave authorization to give the jabs to infants six months old to age five, the mamas finally said no, no. And this is everywhere in Israel as well as in the United States. I understand the United States, I mean, millions and millions of children that age are eligible to get the jabs. Well, guess what? Not even 1% got them. The mamas have stopped. Thank God. That makes a big difference because we saw that some scientists from the FDA and CDC actually left. They quit after that authorization. So it takes, imagine the babies, the little ones, that finally mamas are saying no more. Right. This, this is very, very crucial, very important. You know, it's human nature finally, you know, the human motherly instinct realizing I've got to protect these babies. Yes, and I haven't understood uh, mothers lining up their children for an experimental um, shot when children do not get affected by COVID. And we have specialists like Dr. Peter McCullough sounding the alarm on all of this. Yesterday, I think we played a clip uh, from him. I hope we can get that in our Flipboard um, so everyone can go and check that out. But he basically said that that, sh that absolutely should not be happening. Scott, uh, what are your uh, views on this? Your daughter died under horrendous circumstances and it does appear that there's a lack of empathy something seems so wrong with our medical personnel even the doctor i spoke to today it's actually alarming that they could withhold medication from us as people and they might not like us as a person so maybe like this is going a very bad direction so my thought goes back to the Nuremberg trials. You know, Vera just said a very important term, which was willful ignorance. So that uh, willful ignorance or obedience of orders, that was not an excuse that was acceptable. And it's not going to be an excuse again. So while I have personally forgiven the doctor and nurse who murdered Grace, there's still an accountability that, that, uh, we expect to happen and they should be held accountable. You can using willful ignorance or the fact that you followed orders as an excuse for the behavior that is killing people or the behavior that is causing you to recommend a jab that you you have to know kills people by this point. I mean, there's, there's too much evidence again. Yes. Um, the what you're seeing in the United States with uh, Bill Back Better Buddy Biden and our Bill Back Better Buddy Trudeau seems to be 
that they are all in cahoots together doing the exact same thing at the same time we've had the same medical tyranny we've had the same uh, lockdowns uh, the thing about the United States of America and I, I admire it and as I was down there traveling I'm a dual citizen but I learned a lot about America because I've always been Canadian I've always lived here but if you have a governor that stands up such as DeSantis then you have a protection you can't take over the whole country in Canada Trudeau Theresa Tam uh, our medical you know expert and the, the one who gets to decide on everything is currently online every day all the time you can find her latest videos promoting the vaccine to six-month-olds to five-year-olds and saying how safe they are it's blazing lies our doctors are now completely bamboozled as I've seen today um, and you know we've seen all, all the way along um, this definitely ties in with what you were saying earlier about the WEF, the WHO, the UN, Agenda 2030, all of which includes crazy stuff like the whole gender thing that we're dealing with in our society. And it ties in with vaccines, with the climate uh, scaremongering that is going on. All of it is together. But when we look back, you know, at the Holocaust um, and you see the tactics they used, it it seems like they used these tactics to inform what they would now do in present time. There are historians who regard the Nazi regime as a fore, you know, foretelling of what's to come. Yes. And that's exactly what's happening now because the entire globe is in their um, vision. They want the entire globe. They want to control the entire globe. It's not just one country or one nationality or one religion. It is everyone. And people really need to understand. They look at us as they do at a herd of animals. And they think they have a right to do with us as they do with animals. The only way that they can get away with it, the only way that they can keep moving the envelope is if people continue to obey. They have to stop obeying, simply say no. Without people's obedience, they have no power. They have no power. There are only a few of them. They own a lot. They've stolen a lot of, you know, of our assets. The agriculture, I mean, lands, they've just totally bought up all kinds, all the agricultural land. Why? In order to prevent us, in order to create food shortages, they decide what we should eat, bugs, you know, things like that. They want to dictate everything. And, they, in you know, they're doing it incrementally, piece by piece, but they're using medicine, injections to get their way. This is you know, if everyone really were to get injected with, we don't know what's in it. That's the first thing. How could doctors tell you to take a jab that they don't know what's in it? I have no idea. It. I have no idea. And all of it's it is shocking. Yeah. It's, it's totally unbelievable. Everything is under military secrecy. Why? 
Why are the jabs, why were the contracts all under military secrecy in every country? And in, in most countries, you are not allowed by law to examine what's in the vials before they inject you. Why? Yeah. Why the secrecy? Yeah, that we know that raise the people that are um, examining the vials on their own are coming up with all kinds of things, you yes. know, AIDS strands, uh, this graphene um, stuff, but but some people don't, you know, believe in that. Like the doctor says to me, "Oh, you'd you'd just be amazed how you can just manipulate all this information." And I said, "You know, well, the death, the death count across the world that is something that is really actually followed." But I can't wait to see how they begin to manipulate that, um, Scott. One of the things that is being tossed around a lot, it's been on Tucker Carlson, has been this idea of mass formation, where there is a blindness that comes a across the population and like Vera says it's that small percentage that makes a difference who will stand up what 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 do you think about that well I think that's true but I think that uh, the the fact is we still are the many and so what's what's happening is we're our voices are being suppressed so I think there is this this mass psychosis there's no question about that we're living in a totalitarian system that people are blind to but if we understand what beer is saying if the many stand up and resist that's our our secret i mean we are um, blindly following a department of homeland security version of romans 13 which is to follow man's laws well if we follow god instead God does not want us to be blindly following laws that are are meant to kill us. That is certainly not what God demands of us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I like what you're saying, Vera, about when you look back, I think you can be informed by what the Jews should have done, could have done. One of the things I've heard is that many Jews left in advance. They began to see something doesn't feel right here and they left can you tell us about that yeah those that left first of all they had still some assets uh and they left this was before 1938 because at that point hitler closed the borders and jews were not allowed to leave anymore but at that point yeah before that they had to though get visas from a country that would accept them and that was very, very hard to come by, especially uh, once Hitler, you know, closed the, uh, the borders. Uh, but yes, many did escape those who recognized the danger that was lurking. Uh, unfortunately, many of, again, you know, the, the uh, Jewish institutions uh, had tried to, for whatever reason, out of probably more gullibility, they thought that just by being, behaving well, you know, and following orders and doing what you're told, that it, it would blow over. And they didn't really believe that Hitler meant what he said, but he did. And so the same thing I say now, if you don't believe what Karl Schwab is saying and what Noah Harari is saying, then you are going down the drain. I mean, 
you need to believe those who are telling you what they intend to do. And the, once they start talking about superfluous people, useless people, you are to, you know, know that this is a huge red flag and you've got to stop this in its tracks. And at this point, it's still possible, but I don't know for how long. Because, well, that's a that's know. a very that's a very strong statement, Vera. Because and and I think it's a very important statement. You're literally saying, "I think that everything okay." Okay, um, got a small space in here, so if someone has a cramp, it could be bad. Um, you're literally saying that we've we can not comply. But you're, it sounds to me like what you're saying is we've got a problem. Uh, it might be too late because I'll tell you why that alarms me because Thierry Baudet, uh, he is the leader of the opposition in the Netherlands, came on my show and he said, I don't think we win except for God's interference because the globalists have, they've sealed up their seats of power. Like in, in Canada, we got three more years of Trudeau. The man, they're calling him a sociopath uh, uh, on some, you know, stations in the U.S. Other leaders are basically not impressed with him. So maybe we don't, we, we've got a real problem. And I don't know if we can solve it very easily. We've got puppets as heads of government. Uh, you know, Joe Biden is not the president. We don't know who is the president, actually. Who is making the decisions of the president? He is mouthing it, but he's not making the decisions. That's clear. He can't. And so you've got these kind of leaders. They've been placed all over Western countries. But the fact that they are weak should embolden people to, you know, use their votes to, for whatever, you know, whenever they can and, you know, and get them out of power. So in Don't the United States, Scott, uh, what I see happening is that Biden, uh, clearly he's not the leader of the free world. He can't right. even shake hands in the right direction. He's not well, and nobody's fooled by this, even in the mainstream. They're just trying to figure out what to do about it. Nobody thought, I guess, he would get this bad, but he was pliable. They used him. Nonetheless, you've got corrupt courts that don't seem to, to honor justice. You've got crime growing on every side because people are letting um, murderers easily out of jail. You've got the borders, a lot of people coming in, sex trafficking is up, opioid deaths are through the roof. And how how do you deal with it? Well, I guess everyone's going to vote in the midterm elections coming up. But these people have got a lot of power. And, and in Canada, it's even worse that we don't have, we don't have a midterm election coming up at all. We got three years of Trudeau unless he resigns or is taken out by some scandal, you know, maybe singing about the queen in the UK. Uh, he did some, well, you know, he, he was singing to a queen song in the UK and that's got everybody upset. But I'm like, we've had scandal after scandal after scandal. 
and we don't seem to be able to get rid of these guys. Well, I think that that's of course true. And, you know, whether the midterms do anything or not is anybody's guess. And of course you've got elections that are corrupt to boot. So, you know, I, I look at it through the lens of time is urgent. And I think it's urgent as Vera points out, no question, we should not be complying. That's, that's, uh, that's a no brainer, but it's, it's urgent to get right with God. And so if we don't come out of this, you know, what matters is your relationship with God. And it's urgent to, to realize that for anybody. And so if you don't believe in God, you know, now's the time to make peace. And if you do, it's the time to take action. And so we all have our part. And, you know, the minimum that we can do is to not comply. That's so obvious. You know, and Vera's, Vera's pointing out the blinding flash of the obvious. But unfortunately, it's not obvious to the masses anymore. And, you know, that's why we can't do enough of these shows. And I, I ran across a quote this last week that I think is fitting, that it's it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they have been fooled. And so, you know, I, I, would, do, I would do five, six interviews a day just to help the cause because, you know, I've been given that platform. But that's just my role. And we, yeah, I would like people to wake up. Right, and Vera, uh, you're you're spending your time as well, just speaking. And I think our voices are very important. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. That means we can bring life to people, maybe through knowledge. As you're speaking, are you seeing an improvement? As we're seeing the deaths, do you think that there are certain number of people willing to now go, okay, I went this far, I did not see it, I, I tried to do my part, but I'm not going any farther and I'm not going to be complying anymore. I'll just go by the statistics of how many people have taken the first jab, the second jab, the third, the fourth. What you see is the first one had the most people complying. By the second one, it was less so. By the third, it was much less so. And it keeps on going much less. And as I said before, uh, the babies finally woke many people up. Uh, so yes, there are, there are many more people who are saying enough, no more. Uh, we need to have many more because that, you know, it's really the mass who can bring this to an end. I, I agree really, with that. It's the mass. And we do have the mass. So we need to just wake them up and convince them that their own experience, their own intuition, their own knowledge is what should guide their actions. Scott, what if we do not get the mass? Um, I've lost trust in a lot of Canadians that are still so hornswoggled. They're the kind, uh, they still want this Arrive Can app to be part of our system here in Canada. I mean, they're, they're upset that somebody wants to remove the Arrive Can app. You still see people driving around in their, their vehicles with two masks on. Um, they're not getting it. They're still mad at the unvaccinated. They still think, in spite of the fact Dr. Hoff in Canada has now said, 
The numbers in Canada show a pandemic of the vaccinated, not the unvaccinated. But what if we don't get those numbers? And I, I do like what you're saying about being right with God um, for, for the eventual problem that it, we're in the last days, as I always say. But what are some practical things we can do to prepare ourselves? Well, the most practical thing of all is to understand that God's got this. If you understand that and you believe in God, well then, you know, whatever happens, he's got this. So, I mean, if, if it is that we are in the last days and we're not going to turn this around, you know, God promises in the Bible that he will protect those who are his. So, I mean, that's the, that's the most practical thing you could do is to have confidence that He's got this. Uh, there's, you know, there's a, a lot of other things that you can do, but all of those follow having the belief that he's still in charge. Yeah, that's absolutely beautiful. And, um, you know, we do know that Matthew 24 basically says that in Jesus' words that in the last days, uh, the Lord will shorten the days because if he didn't shorten, all of humanity would be lost. It's in the end part of Matthew 24, and he says, but for the elect, he will shorten the days. So to me, it looks like uh, he's God knows everything going on, and he's going to take care of that. And uh, we as, um, you know, those that put their hope in God, we're going to have to be and have the most amount of courage. It's the cowards that end up in the lake of fire, it's cowards that don't stand that are going to present the largest problem. Um, I do think, though, that being informed from what has happened in the past, I think that's why the, the Jews have said never again, right, Vera? They will never again do what they did that brought about all of that death and pain. Never again really uh, is essentially taken from the Nuremberg Code because the Nuremberg Code was established to ensure that never again will uh, the medical profession, will doctors engage in horrific uh, medical atrocities. And that's what it's meant to ensure. The problem is that lawyers have been kind of lazy to use the Nuremberg Code. It has been used several times in U.S. courts and it stands. It is a legal document. It's part of the International Criminal Code. It sets, it sets human beings and human dignity above government, above, uh, you know, the kind of uh, the kind of uh, what should. We, it's hard to even label. You know, it's beyond atrocities. Uh, and the fact that they have em gotten emboldened to really look at the entire universe now as their playpen, that in itself is mind-boggling. In other words, their hubris, their, their um, disregard for everything that is human values, this is what their kind of rule would be like. It's totally without any parameters, no, no moral standards. I mean, they don't just not believe in God. They don't believe in 
anything godly, anything that's good, anything Goodness. that nothing, no, soul, nothing like that. They want to reduce us to robots. That's what transhumanism is, part robot, part human animal, hackable animals is what we're called. You give me such hope, Vera, because I'm so impressed with your knowledge, your willingness to speak and your courage. Um, you know, you, you might be at a time in life when you could just sort of say, I've done a lot, I've spoken a lot, and I'm just going to leave it to some younger people. But instead, you've put every bit of energy you have. Do you think this is a crisis? I'll give you sort of your final word today. It is a crisis, and I see this as essentially my mission, which I did not expect to have. I never anticipated. I certainly didn't think that I would feel threatened by a looming uh, global holocaust, but I do. I see it clearly, and I have to speak out to really essentially save as many people as possible. Uh, it's cost a, me a lot of friends. It's caused uh, family uh, strife, but so be it. There are larger, more important values that I have to try to raise my voice about, to warn people, to know that I've done my part, whatever it is. Please take very good care of yourself because we want you around for a very long time, informing us and helping us. Scott, what's your final words today? Well, you, you said, I have two things. One is you said it with Vera. I mean, she is very motivational. I've only been in this fight for 10 months. And so when I look at her and in not just the time that she's invested, look how smart she is. I mean, it's just, it's wonderful to learn from her. So I, uh, I think it's fantastic to, to, um, to have her in this fight. I, it's just wonderful. Then the last thing I would say is what you opened with uh, as to what do we depend on. So when I put the light totally on me, Grace died because I depended on the white coat. And, you know, we're in the hospital lane. Personally, that's what I'm in, that I'm trying to get the word out. Of course, that's expanded quite a bit. But I, I want to tell anybody listening that I don't want you to lose your best buddy. And in that regard, you've got to wake up and see what's really happening. And... What do you depend on? If you're depending on man's ways, it's not meant to be that way. We have to put our ultimate trust in God. And then once our trust is in God, it's clear what our role should be. So I have a similar role now to Vera. You know, I've become an advocate and this has become my full-time job. It's, it's that critical. I've given my life to this and I don't plan on stopping. I really love that. And, um, this uh, terrible conversation that I had with um, a medical doctor right here in Canada practicing, um, uh, it leads me to believe that we're not going to be able to convince everyone. So we just have to be strong, loud, courageous, and let he who has ears to hear, hear. And ears to hear. Um it, it's not going to be something that we can force on people. For some reason, mass formation is about a blindness. They really don't see it. And then they become uh, absolute radicals in 
propagating their perspective on others, and that's what's happened. Uh, but but you have both really helped me to understand something today. A uh, couple things that it took nine years, and that means maybe we've got some time, and we all have to not do what they did. They needed to not comply, speak up, be strong, and uh, make a difference wherever you go. And so you two are teaching all of us to do that. Thank you very much for your time today. Thanks for spending uh, this uh, pretty close to an hour with us. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, very both welcome. of us. Can I ask you just to give our websites also for information? As Absolutely. And by the way, the, that uh, video, there's a link in, on our website, ahrp.org, which stands for Alliance. ahrp.org. And we also have a separate, one second, I'll just let me, um, for the Nuremberg Code, Nuremberg75.com. People can download the Nuremberg Code. It's by now in 11 languages and they can use it. It is a weapon of self-defense. The Nuremberg Code, if you show it to your doctor who just poo-pooed you about the uh, actual uh, dangers of the jabs, it tells you how you can ask him for the information that he doesn't even have, but that you're entitled to before getting the jab. You're entitled to, it is very, very specific, particularly on that first principle. It's 10 principles. And the first one is voluntary informed consent. And when they talk informed consent, it's not just a word, they go into detail, great detail, what you are entitled to be told. And it's a lot. Yes. And people really have been thanking me all over the place for when they get this because they don't know that it exists. They don't know that this is something like the Bill of Rights. You see, it's that kind of a document. Right. And it's very important. And they're not getting and informed consent. They don't. But this helps. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, no. No problem no, that's, at all. dot org. And Thanks. Grace's website is, is ouramazinggrace.net and the, the explainer video is linked right on, on the front. We have a separate tab that's called the Holocaust Connection. So the research on the Holocaust is posted there. So of course, I'd love everybody listening to check out Grace's website also. Absolutely. Thank you so much, both of you, for your courage and uh, the price you paid to tell it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. I want to show um, a video of sort of what the world is beginning to say about our Prime Minister and what they're referring to him, what they're calling him. Um, if we're ready to go with that, let's roll that. Um, there are so many reasons we could pick Justin Trudeau. First of all, I have to apologise, Mayor Culper. When he was first voted in, I quite liked him. Mm. His handsome face. Everybody his, liked him. His so-called liberal credentials, his press-ups on the desk. Yeah. He suckered me in. Since then, I've realised he's an arch-narcissist, controlling, yes. fascist, sociopath. Mm. There's no, that's well, I mean, reasons there. Just but... as well he became a politician then, <laughs> uh, because yeah, that's so exactly well the qualifications that you need. Absolutely. Um, the specific the specific reason I'm making him my plank is actually I am doing this on behalf of Canada. Mm. 
there have been 500,000 tweets in the last couple of days all saying Trudeau must go. Yeah. Now this has gone, it's gone viral, it's a, it's a great Twitter trend. And what people are doing is saying who they are, what they do, mm. and saying that their views are too extreme for Trudeau and Trudeau mm. must go. They're mainly objecting to the vaccine mandates. Yeah. You know, Canada's still living in this kind of viral handmaid's yeah. tale world yeah, where you can't there? go anywhere unless you're vaccinated. Well, they've got all of them and they're right. all still completely straight. And so the thing is that he kind of projects this image of being really reasonable and he's he's popular. But Twitter trends don't tell a lie. And he's got half a million tweets from his home country saying he must go. Mm. So I'm voting on behalf of Canada. But there's a, there's a bit more to it than that, actually. I was chatting to Will um, in, uh, in, the, in the green room before yes. we came in. And he said, did you even see that um, Trudeau sang Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. on the eve of the Queen's funeral? Mm. I, this is just another example of his totally misplaced narcissism. How anybody, especially a statesman, can think it's appropriate on the eve yeah. of the monarch's funeral in a hotel lobby yeah. to sing Queen. Was it a hotel lobby? Yeah. To sing Queen. Well, I understand, yeah. Well, sing Queen's trouble, Bohemian you know, Rhapsody. I know, but like it's a lot just of, not on. Like a lot of these videos that you find on Twitter, I always, I, my first thought is always, is this genuine? Yeah. You know, is it actually, did it actually happen? Exactly. And it becomes even more incredible if it's true that it did happen. It's just tone deaf. Yeah. It's tone deaf. Mm. Yeah. Well, he's tone deaf to his nation, yeah. as as this Twitter trend is showing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for him once. Canada, it's for you. Yes, I think that's probably quite a generous thing for you to do because who can forget or not forget the um, the truckers, uh, mm -hmm. all the people who uh, did he not lose an election relatively recently or lose some measure of his power? Well, he just didn't do that well. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the truckers' protest was astonishing. Mm. Yeah. First of all, the truckers are protesting the fact that they would have to be vaccinated in order to continue to work to cross yes, state lines. To cross state lines. Okay, yeah. and then they tried to clamp down on people that supported the truckers' protest. So people that had um, right. provided money. Yeah. Through GoFundMe, mm. um, GoFundMe kept the funds. That's the first outrageous yeah. thing. Oh, really? And secondly, yeah. yeah, I didn't even hear about. Yeah, that. they, they basically, they basically accounts, commandeered the money, didn't they? They did. And bank accounts of the people who'd who'd sent money to GoFundMe were frozen. Right. So this is off the scale authoritarianism. Yeah. And if he's not listening to the people complaining on Twitter, he is truly tone deaf. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Bard being a sociopathic narcissist, he's probably unlikely to resign, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> These people don't yeah. resign, do they? I hope he gets voted out next time. I think he will. I yeah. just don't see he can. I do, you know what? It's funny. Canadian friends of mine, not one person likes him. Not one person mm. likes him. So. Well, I think, like you said, Laura, he started off as this kind of poster boy for, mm. you know, he was a bit like Tony Blair, you know, the young family. He's quite a handsome guy. You know, he looks quite a sophisticated, Does you know, yoga. women loved him and all that. And now it's kind of like, he's, he's almost like he's shed his skin. Yeah. You know, and now you see him for what he really is. Oh, shit. <laughs> when you say shed his skin. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's not a reference to a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, I, I think shed his skin is good. Uh, so my audio's on and all that. Um, I, I am very proud of something. I was never fooled by Trudeau. I never thought nothing about his hair. Couldn't care less. I barely ever trust a handsome man anyways. <laughs> so if you're handsome, I don't know. Yes, only you. Only my husband. That's the only handsome man I trust. Um, I, you have to choose someone on principles. I don't know where our country's gotten off. You always look at principles. When did Justin Trudeau hide who he was? He had scandal after scandal coming into his prime ministership. He even shut down a huge story right before 
uh, election day regarding some scandal about the school that he left. As a teacher, drama teacher halfway through, we know that story, don't we? We've all seen everything. Basically, the only thing we don't have is mainstream media not covering it. And then we've had SNC-Lavalin. We've had all of his many different ethics violations that he's had. He, he wanted to lower the, the consent age for anal sex. Really? Really? That's, that's what you want to work on? Yes, yes, we're, we're very happy about that, that we're, you know, we're really working hard on getting the anal consents uh, age lowered to 14. Are you kidding me? Do you know how many pedophiles this guy's hung out with? His best friend has gone to jail for being a pedophile. The guy in Ontario who put together the, the children's sex curriculum ends up going to jail as a, as a pedophile? something wrong? I think something's wrong. I think it's way bigger than we know. What is wrong in our world when we've got this little clip of this, this nut? What a crazy... So this guy, he, uh, he's a teacher for shop class. See there? He's handling dangerous machinery. Man, you might get something cut off there. I think I, I, I am not certain how this guy is allowed in the school after all of this is being revealed. Where's the parents? If my child was in this school, I would have picket signs printed by tomorrow morning and I'd have every teacher and student and parent that has a problem with this, fully informed and given an opportunity to stand in front of that school and say, this dude is trouble. Hanging out with the young guys, a freakazoid, and everyone's like, oh, I don't know what to say. You know, we've got a few parents now speaking out. What's wrong with our country? Why can we not stand up to insanity? Oh, we don't want to speak too much in front of others about the weird gender stuff going on. No. The, the final end of this gender stuff is just watch it. You know, history will show if we're here long enough before Jesus comes back. Tavistock closing down, getting sued by the parents, by the people that have had their transgender surgeries. They're being sued. They shut down. Before that, a whole bunch of the doctors left. Why? Because it doesn't work. Now, oh, you might misgender. I just absolutely love, um, you know, the professor in Canada, Jordan Peterson, who became famous for basically saying, you are never, ever, ever going to be able to compel me to call someone who's struggling with a mental illness by a gender pronoun that is not true to the English language. I'm just not going to do it. And he decided whatever that cost was, he was going to pay it. This guy, I mean, he at that time especially wasn't particularly spiritual or Christian per se. 
uh, it appears to me this is one of the most godly men we've ever seen in this nation. I don't know why it's not a pastor that stands up like Jordan Peterson to speak out like this. Of course, many of them do, but many are not willing to go on camera to have students come against them almost in a riotous, almost in a violent fashion. That's what Jordan Peterson had to put up with. And he knew, okay, let's, let's look down the line. I, I go against Bill C-16. I refuse to comply. I might lose my teaching license or, you know, be hauled up on, on charges of, of not complying. Then they're going to maybe put, you know, um, court proceedings against me. I'll have to keep speaking up there. Maybe I'm going to get huge fines. Maybe I'm going to have to go to prison. And this is the price Jordan Peterson's been willing to pay. Well, God love him. What a great guy. We all need to stand against this. We can't be silent. And if you're afraid of the other moms, mothers even who, you know, they're just hopelessly devoted to maybe the, the joy that maybe their child is a transgender. I've seen it. I met a woman just thrilled. I mean, her eyes were sparkling at the fact that, yes, I, I have a transgender child. <laughs> How ridiculous. There's no joy in this. If you feel confused by your gender, that will lead you to begin, especially in our society, you will be ushered, you will be, you will be literally joined quickly to a, a clinic where somebody's going to make sure you get cross-sex hormones, get to those uh, gender-affirming surgeries as fast as you can, not even giving much thought to the fact that you might be a 14-year-old mixed up, you know, with all your hormones going crazy. Then you, you might be so unfortunate as to meet the people that will help you to get there. And what's going to happen? You're, you're going to remove stuff that will never grow back. It's not like you got a scab and your skin just grows back. You will never get your breasts back if you're a young girl. And if you start playing with down there and trying to build things in to look like a penis or whatever, that's just going to look weird. And I've heard it looks weird. It doesn't look normal. So think about it. Who ends up loving you in the long term? If you're a girl, is it a guy? No. The guy generally wants a girl. A real girl with all the girl parts. Okay. Is it a lesbian? No, a lesbian wants a girl too. And now you have something weird sticking out of you that you had put there, some prosthetic. You had some operation to make that happen. So is it a, a guy that wants this? No, is it a lesbian girl? Is it a gay guy? Does a gay guy want to love you forever? No, a gay guy is attracted to a guy that's got all the right parts. Do you know who explained this to me? Jen Smith. He struggled with his gender. 
He came out about it. We spoke on many platforms together. Jen Smith explained how the psychology behind this is so warped. In the end, often you end up alone. Often these surgeries, it never solved anything. And when you figure that out, and then you decide that you are, you want to detransition, guess who's not there for you? All of the people that thought that transgendering was so great. The LGBTQ crowd, they don't like the detransitioners. That just proves our point that none of this made sense. None of it is the way that God intended. All of it is hurtful. And now as a society, we're tolerating this nut job. You got that video at all? Is that gone, that video there, JT? Now uh, of the, the, the teacher. Now we're tolerating this man saying he's a woman, teaching shop to young guys who are attracted to women's breasts, obviously, because they're teenage boys. And a guy has this and is operating a dangerous saw. Okay, like this is wrong on so many levels. I can't even begin. But the wrongest part about all of this with this dude right here is that we are not having him put into a psych ward and evaluated. We've got schools trying to defend it and basically saying, if you're, you can't speak out against a transgender, then you're a bigot. Oh, they get a pass from everything. If you're transgender, oh yeah, be as weird, fly your flag. Be the strangest duck around because we're all going to defend that because it's so politically incorrect not to go along with any transgender doing any harebrained thing you see them doing, uh, you know, including reading inappropriate books to little kids. And we're all lining up. Oh, you parents, you're so woke. You're going to take your kid into a sexualized environment with a freakazoid to read kids' books. Sorry. I'm... I'm not going to be silent in the face of your stupidity. I'm, I think it's ridiculous. So, so do a lot of you. What we have to do is speak. Just like Vera said today, what the Jews should have done was speak. They should have stood. Now we have to stand. My name's Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson, and my website is lauralynn.tv. And I believe in the power of the living God. I believe in the principles of the Word of God to guide us and lead us, to take care of us, to get us through some very, very dark days. And I don't think that we should be relying on any of this absolute nonsense. Thank you for your support of this show. Thank you for all of you who believe that we're worthy of your of your donations your hard-earned dollars the only way that we're here every single day is because you decide that we are worth investing in and I appreciate that I have a portion here I'd like to read to you today all right Sometimes I'm so upset by what is going on 
that I, I don't know if it's worth speaking about it anymore because how can we be allowing this if it gets so hideous and it's so obvious that somebody should be shutting these people down and nobody is you know and yeah I've, I've got my few thousand followers that are willing you know to do the right thing this is what the word says in Ephesians 5 have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness rather expose them it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret but everything exposed by the light becomes visible and everything that is illuminated becomes a light that is why it is said wake up sleeper rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you it is a shame to speak of those things done of them in secret it's it's embarrassing I'm embarrassed by this person in our nation the world laughs at us especially China do you know that China has actually banned all effeminate men to be seen on their televisions because they're preparing for war apparently against who I don't know <laughs> the world I don't know so what they think is that they need strength in their men they need men to be men and what are we doing recently I interviewed a young man in the military and the USA and he said they have to take these classes for you know learning how to tolerate diversity that's what they're spending their time learning in the US how to tolerate um, transgenders in the army running around with what your freaky lipstick and your gun that's disgusting so we're literally a laughing stock this guy I bet what he does in secret you think that's crazy how much you want to bet what he does is really crazy so verse 15 says be very careful then how you live not as unwise but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil therefore do not be foolish but understand what the Lord's will is do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery it does doesn't it hey eh? some of you know all about that led to a, a season that's not good instead it says be filled with the spirit speaking to one another with psalms hymns and songs from the spirit sing and make music from your heart to the Lord always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ we are not to be foolish for the days are evil we are to expose the evil works of darkness if you know about some evil today could I ask you would you expose it do not be silent do not comply God bless you see you tomorrow you know it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice.
Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.